The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and we're coming to you live from my house. Uh, like a lot of people out there, I'm I'm having great fun watching other people do live things from their house. Uh, it's I don't know why that's just very exciting to me when I see that it's like the I guess it's like the playing field has sort of been leveled. Um, when I'm watching, you know, now Jimmy Kimmel is going to be live from his house. I need to be closing doors. Uh, so. And it's all sort of interesting and fascinating. I think at some point we'll have to do the tour of my bookshelf behind me um, so that you guys could see. Uh, it's, I'm thrilled to be here. Hope you guys were able to have some fun over the weekend. We're going to be with you live for this next hour. And by the way, as long as the internet holds up, we're going to be here Monday through Friday for this hour live. And we might even do some expanded programming. We're looking to hear from you guys whether you want to hear more. But um, there's a lot going on. Um, so let me start by saying that this is a safe place that you can come. We're going to keep it as positive as we possibly can and give you tips and tricks and information and inspiration to help you to ride this out, right? Um, I just am so moved by autism parents all over the world who are finding things to do with their kiddos at home and working it out and learning new things that they didn't know before. And I am so impressed with our uh, adults that are on the autism spectrum who have that interest in things on the internet and are finding resources for each other and for the world. I just, I just couldn't be more impressed with our community. And I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Shannon Penrod, and I am a very proud autism mom. I have a son who is about to be 17, who was diagnosed when he was two and a half and is doing remarkably well. And why is that? He's doing so well because we got the best parent training and we got the best ABA therapy, and we happen to get that at the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. So if it seems like I'm a super big fan of theirs, um, it's not a coincidence, right? But uh, it's, it's simply because they gave me my kid back and they gave us our lives back. And my kid is awesome. If you saw, if you happen to see, speaking of, you know, got to have a sense of humor and have some fun. Uh, we, uh, posted yesterday, last night on our YouTube channel, the, uh, wa let's wash our hands video, which is my husband and I being crazy, but my son did all of the camera work. Um, and he did all of the editing. So I encourage you to, to check out, this is my future filmmaker. Uh, so, and it's a little hilarious, can I say? Uh, and we learned a lot through the process that we would maybe do things a slightly different, but I hope that you'll check it out because we've been saying for a while, it's some of your kiddos, it's kind of tough to, to teach them how to wash their hands and make it fun. Because I found myself that, you know, 20 seconds is just such a small period of time, but you get bored. Um, and that if you have something extra to make it fun. And so we performed it to the tune of Let's Do the Time Warp. So check that out. It's, it's there for you on YouTube. And maybe later on today, Trayvon, we can get it up on Facebook. Although I posted it to Facebook. What am I saying? I, I posted it last night to Facebook. So um, thrilled to be here with you. Trayvon, can we show them the slide that shows them all the different ways they, they can connect with us here at Autism Live? Because we're on a lot of different servers, you guys, and we do that so that we can be there for you at whatever time of the day or the night that you want to see the information that we have. 
Um, I don't, Trayvon may be having trouble getting that slide to come up because we're in a different format. Every day we're in a different format, but <clears throat> I will just tell you that we're live on Facebook. Um, oh, oh, look there, look, something's happening. Uh, we're there, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Periscope, we're on YouTube, we're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. Um, you know, if you put in the words autism live for most of them, you're going to find us. Um, for Twitter and Periscope, it's autism live show. Um, and everything else, it's pretty much autism live, autism live, autism live. So find us wherever it's convenient for you to be getting your, <clears throat> excuse me, information and inspiration and, uh, check us out. And we love it when you subscribe when you subscribe to our, uh, when you're on, for instance, YouTube, or um, when you like us on Facebook and you can, um, there's a way that you can follow us on many different servers. Uh, but if you subscribe to us on our homepage, which is autism-live.com, um, and that box will pop up almost as soon as you go there. Um, what happens is you get a weekly newsletter from us. That's just a postcard that comes via email that says, here's who's going to be on this week. And uh, occasionally we will send you uh, one in the middle of the week when we know that somebody big is going to come on. And I've said to you before, because for instance, when we have Dr. Temple Grandin on the show, we often don't have a whole lot of notice. Well, I've got something for you. On Thursday of this week, when it is, in fact, World Autism Awareness Day, Dr. Temple Grandin will be here with us pretty much for the whole hour live. Um, heaven willing, we will have her picture and sound live. When I spoke to her on Friday morning, she was so excited about being here with you guys. And, you know, uh, I, I'm so looking forward to it. So that will be on Thursday. So get your questions ready. In fact, you can be sending the questions in now because I like to go through them and, <clears throat> you know, I, I kind of, you know, like to take a look at what there is and structure it in order. So send your questions in right now on any of the things that Traven just showed you. Um, but that's the kind of thing that would be in that weekly um, postcard that you would get. It's like a viewer guide that lets you know. So, and we don't spam you. We do not sell your list to anybody. Um, so I hope, <clears throat> excuse me, I hope that you will subscribe and follow us uh, and like us because that's what keeps the lights on. <laughs> let's be honest. We, when we like to have the lights on for the show and we're keeping on, keeping on, right? As long as we possibly uh, can, which I hope is forever. Uh, in any case, uh, welcoming you here on this Monday morning. we got a big, big show for you. Lots of exciting things happening, but uh, there are two things that we usually like to do to kick off a show. And one is that I tell you that we have lots of experts on the show, but I'm not one of them. Don't confuse me for an expert. I'm just a crazy lady who keeps cutting my own hair. And that's the truth of it. Um, I don't know if you saw that, like when we started this, um, the great isolation of 2020, which I guess is what we're calling it. I had not had a haircut in a while and my hair gets bushy um, because I have that kind of hair. And so the first thing that I did was I shaved the back of my hair um, because I just, I like, I don't have time to be doing, you know, my hair takes a lot of time even short, it takes a lot of time. So I shaved the back of my head and then I trimmed off some around the sides and the top. And then I, the other day, I don't know if you can see, I shaved the sides. And I know before this is all over, I'm gonna end up shaving the top. Um, and I've done that before on the show, but I think sometime in the next week, I'm gonna shave my head just right in front of you, right here, if you guys are interested. If you're not, just tell me, Shannon, stop. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's where this train is heading. Um, it's just, is so much easier. I just, um, now when I did it before it was to, um, it was to support a young dad who, uh, had a particular type of a glioblastoma, a particular type of brain cancer. And, um, so he had asked people in his church, um, as a fundraiser, if they would shave their heads and they were paying a hundred dollars per man, but they would pay $300 per woman. And um, no women in his church would shave their head. For, and he had to have his head shaved. And uh, so it's a way of supporting. And I heard about this. It was right after the Newtown massacre. And I said, please let me do this to support this young man. And I ended up getting to meet him. 
are uh, not, excuse me, on the phone. We spoke on the phone. I didn't get to meet face to face, um, but we had a really like one of the most important conversations I've ever had with anybody in my life. And um, it was such an amazing thing. And, um, and, and what, you know, just sometimes I, I, I just am struck by sometimes it's the little, like for me, shaving my head was a little thing, a little thing, but it meant so much to him, which then in turn made it one of the biggest things that I ever did in my life. So, um, I don't want to make light of that. Right. But in light of everything else that we have going on, uh, you know, I, I am happy and thrilled to shave my head. Let's have a bit of fun. And, um, and then I will have less to take care of and we'll put the whole thing to rest. Cause it's getting, it's getting bad. I mean, it's, you can see, I'm not, I, I don't know what I'm doing, but, <laughs> but um, you know, and maybe uh, Ryan has since passed. He lived a lot longer than they thought he was going to live. Um, but he has since passed and, um, <clears throat> we are coming up actually on the sixth anniversary of when I shaved my head. So perhaps we'll just, we'll do that. Let me know if that interests you. Uh, or if you think that's just horrible and ridiculous, uh, we'll, we'll continue on. Okay. The other thing that I, that we like to start the show with, uh, is something that we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, mommy, mommy, are those experts talking about and why? Why, why do they bother using these uh, crazy terms that we don't know the meaning of? So there we go. Today's jargon is three-term contingency. Now, we've talked about this many times before on the show. The terms that we don't know the meaning of. So there we go. Today's jargon. It's like that, that the, Elaine Boozler was a comic and um, she used to do this very funny bit about how when you're in a stadium and you've been asked to sing the national anthem, no one's ever going to ask me to do that, but that there's this crazy echo. So you start to sing and then there is this crazy echo and then you get thrown off and that really people who are singing the, the national anthem in a stadium uh, are, are pulling off like the most incredible thing. I can't even imagine. I've stood next to uh, Holly Robinson Pete twice while she's done it. And I, girl, I just do, cause I, then you can hear that the, the stadium is hearing it three seconds later. Can't do it, can't do it. Anyway, um, <clears throat> back to the jargon. Today's jargon, the three-term contingency. So this is something we talk about a lot. We just talk about it using different words to talk about it. So let's take a look at what the actual definition of three-term contingency is, because this one's a doozy. You're going to love this. Three-term contingency in operant conditioning refers to stimulus control, in particular, an antecedent contingency called the discriminative stimulus, or SD, that influences the strengthening or weakening of behavior through such consequences as reinforcement or punishment. Do you like my elevator voice that I use when I do this? Because it's so beyond stupid. I, <laughs> honestly, doesn't this just make you want to hit your head against a big like encyclopedia that has this term in it? Um, because I, I just hate it when somebody goes, Three-term contingency, I mean, contingency is, you know, like a four-letter word, a four-dollar word, but, you know, it's not like crazy, right? But then, you know, you're going to define that three, I know, term, I know, contingency, I, I, I know, but I don't know what that has to do with autism, right? But then you dive in operant conditioning. You've lost me there. Stimulus control, ah, antecedent, discriminative stimulus, SD, uh, you know, come on craziness, right? So let's move on to our, excuse me, working definition um, so that we can figure out what does this actually mean. So the three-term contingency is what we talk about all the time. It's the A, B, Cs. There's your three, uh, A, B, and C uh, of behavior. And so what that works down to is A stands for antecedent. We'll come back to the definition of antecedent because it's the hardest word on this thing. B is the behavior and C is the consequence. So, <clears throat> excuse me, if we look at any behavior that you do, that I do, that your kiddo on the spectrum does, that your significant other who's not on the spectrum does, um, we are all behaving in these behavior chains. 
And we aren't always cognizant of it because it's just happening in real time. That something happens, a antecedent is for what happens before. So whenever you're thinking antecedent, you're like, what happened before? So something happens and then we engage in a behavior and then there is a consequence. It's like one of the great laws of the universe. And if you don't believe me, look at anything that you did this morning and you will see that it can be broken down into this three-term contingency. Something happened, there was a behavior, and then there was a consequence. The example I always use is that at some point during the day, you turn on a light on a light switch in your home. It may have been that you did it this morning when you got up and it was still dark and you went into the bathroom and you flicked on the light switch. So what happened before? What happened before was that you realized that there wasn't enough light for you to do what you needed to do safely. So what was the behavior that you engaged in? You flicked the light switch and the light flooded the room. That was the consequence. And you do this behavior all the time. You do it every day. You probably do it several times in a day without even realizing that you're behaving in a behavior chain. Well, what happens when we change one of the three terms in the contingency? Now, for parents, we always think, well, I want to change the behavior. You know, there's behavior that I don't like and I want to change the behavior. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that that's the piece that we have the least amount of control over. Think about it. You're with your kid and you're at a restaurant and you're having to wait and your child starts to get bored. And so your child starts to engage in a behavior. It might be that they start kicking the chair of the person sitting next to them, right? Or it might be that they start spitting on their hand and making, you know, designs of it on the placemat, right? They're engaged in a behavior. Ask yourself, what, what happened before? Now you can stand there and we do this all the time as parents, right? We say, don't do that. Stop, stop doing that. But you know what? It, in certain circumstances, it's so much, well, in almost all circumstances, it's really hard to stop doing something right? Uh, it's much easier to do something else. Think about that for a minute. Harder to stop doing one thing. It's much easier to do something else. So when we're saying to our kids, stop, we're not very effective at it, are we? So when you think about what happened before, your child got bored. Now, do you have any control over that? The truth is you have much more control over what happens and your child getting bored than it does once your child exhibits behavior because of being bored. So what I used to do always is we would go to a restaurant and I, my mother had made me a little, we called it the zipper bag because she took a bunch of zippers um, and she made a bag out of them. She sewed them together. So there were all these, you could unzip it almost anywhere. Right. And so there was a fun sensory thing and they were all different colors but we would take the zipper bag with us to any restaurant and we would put little toys in them. So there were little wind up toys and there was a little egg that had uh, that was a, a gluten-free uh, Play-Doh in it. Um, and just like uh, three crayons, you know, cause a lot of times restaurants have them, but you know, heaven forbid they don't, right? Um, so there were like 10 little toys that were designed to be interesting for maybe two minutes and then you move on to another toy because we're preventing the child from being bored. So instead of waiting for the behavior to happen for my son to be kicking the chair, when I would get into the restaurant before he had an opportunity to be bored, I would pull out the zipper bag. And it was just this thing that was, you know, looked like a little makeup bag. And I would put it in front of him. And by the way, we only used the zipper bag when we were someplace and we were having to wait. So my son loved when we would go to a restaurant and we would be sitting and waiting and ordering because he knew he got the zipper bag, right? <laughs> so here's the thing. Now our antecedent is he's got the zipper bag, which means the behavior is that he's playing. And the consequence is he's happy. I'm happy. I get to order and we wait for the food to come and everybody's super duper happy. And by the way, for him, you know, it worked out those times that like those 10 little toys, um, that, you know, because what, what you don't want is that he's got a toy that's so reinforcing that when the food comes, he doesn't, you know, but 10 toys seem to be the right amount because the food would come and he would be like, oh, the food's here. I've played with these toys now, right? So uh, this is how we take control of the three-term contingency. We, we have so much control over the antecedent. We have a lot of control over consequences. So let's say that we didn't have the zipper bag, things didn't go well, right? 
Um, and, and our child, uh, whether they're, you know, a four-year-old or a 40-year-old begins to engage in a behavior and we've already let the antecedent go, right? So now what we have at our disposal is the consequence. And that's the topic that when we talk about the four usual suspects, we try to figure out what are they trying to do? What are they trying to get from this? Are they trying to get attention? And whatever it is that they're trying to get, we give them the exact opposite. So if, they're, if we look at it and we go, mm, I think this is a ploy for attention, we start talking to somebody else about something else. And we might now create a diversion and distract them with something else and say, hey, can you get in my purse and get out my phone? And right now I didn't give attention to the behavior. I distracted, did something else. And now I put a new antecedent to try to, right? And the consequence was they didn't get what they wanted from it. Because if what they wanted was attention, we're going to have, you know, we're off to the races, right? If we give them the paycheck, they're going to keep doing it, right? So if they're kicking the person's chair next to them and they were doing it for attention and we go, don't do that, we're going to see more of that behavior. So when you can really understand the three-term contingency and get good at it, this is when life gets so much better. And for a lot of you at home right now, you're going to see behavior, right? Because we're all holed up in small spaces. It's outside the norm of what we normally do. And you're going to see behavior. It's the reason why we, we keep trying to give you guys things to do with your kiddos so that the antecedent is this fun and exciting thing. So that is uh, our three-term contingency. Now on to our question of the day. Uh, and our question today, I, I particularly love because you know, What's wrong is always available. So if we start to think about just spend a couple of minutes a day on what's right and what's good and what's fabulous and what's working and what are you grateful for, I guarantee you that it helps to mitigate all the stress and all of the uh, about being locked up, right? So I want all of you to name one good thing that has come from being in self-quarantine. Uh, you know, I mean, we only have to look to the news to see that there are all kinds of exciting things happening on the earth that um, for the first time in a hundred years, I think it is, dolphins are swimming the channels uh, and, the, and the canals in Venice, like crazy, right? Um, there are all kinds of ways that the, the air quality here in Los Angeles has been the best that it's been in decades, right? There are all these things that are a benefit, we would not have chosen to do this right, um, but let's, let's take what we can in the good pile. I will tell you that not driving in the car and not being out doing all of these things that um, my health is getting better, which is a crazy, crazy thing, but my circulation is getting better. I know, um, but I'm having more time. I'm making myself do more physical things during the day. Um, and my ankles for the first time in a long time have not been swollen every day. It's crazy. I can see my ankles again and not have cankles. I I'm just saying, uh, you know, it's, it's teaching me about how I need to be taking care of myself when this is over. So write into us, tell us what's one good thing that's come from being in self-quarantine. Uh, we don't have to get into all the things that are bad. I mean, we can, but we don't have to. All right. Uh, and then that leaves us with our topic of the week. We always have a topic for the week. And it's so exciting um, that this week is World Autism Awareness Week. It will The actual day is April 2nd. And that happens on Thursday. Now, before you all write in to me and talk about does it belong to this organization, does it belong to that organization, I always like to tell you every year that World Autism Awareness Day is something that was created by the United Nations. And it is a, a, a thing that is supposed to call all nations into awareness on a topic having to do with autism. Now, other people have adopted it and have turned it into other things, which you can choose to participate or not. But I want you to know that the core reason um, that that day is called World Autism Awareness Day is because of the United Nations. And um, we are very excited. Usually I read you the big, you know, call to action from the UN and, and do all of that on, on the day, but I have something better for you this year. 
I just do. Dr. Temple Grandin is going to be with us live on Thursday answering your questions. I have goosebumps. I, it doesn't get better than that. I just don't even know what to tell you. Um, so make sure that you're tuning in for that. But I really want us to be um, looking at this all week. You know, I say that our program is for the larger autism community. That's individuals who are on the spectrum, of course, right? But it's also everyone who cares about them. And someday I want that to be the whole world. You know, look, uh, some people may call me a dreamer, right? John Lennon, uh, you know, but I'm not the only one. And I believe that whether people choose to or not, that's where we're going to go. Because if people don't already know somebody and love someone on the autism spectrum, it's a matter of time, right? And once we all get to this understanding that there are people whose brains are different than ours, but not less than, and that we need to make accommodations and we need to help support them so that they can do the things we want. I just think the whole planet will benefit from that greatly. So for me, that's what our focus is gonna be about is that that level of awareness. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's my spiel for that, but we've got a great show for you today. I believe that Bonnie Yates has already uh, joined us on uh, the Skype here. And she's going to be answering some questions that you guys have written in about things that are happening in your schools uh, with, you know, with and without IEPs. And then a little later in the show, we have author Jane Jones, and she is the author of the Drop, Drop the Puck book series. So we're going to be talking with her about excuse me, um, what that has to do with autism and special needs kids and why that might be a good book for someone in your house to be reading right now. And I am so sorry. I am just like, um, I don't know uh, what, I, I ate some toast right before this and I am hiccuping and burping and and it's just uh, unbelievably rude. I apologize profusely. It's a live show. There's nothing I can do. All right. <laughs> we, I, I, you know, somebody get the hook and take me off. Um, so I believe that we have Bonnie Yates with us and Bonnie is an amazing special education attorney. She's an amazing mom and she's an amazing grandma now. And we're so thrilled that she's here with us to help us, uh, to get through the legal side of so many things. Bonnie, are you there? Do you want to turn on your camera? I don't know. Maybe Bonnie is not there. Maybe Bonnie has stepped away. Um, well, let me take just a second here to talk about uh, what our uh, show is going to look like this week because we, we've got we got big doings here. Um, but you know, and I, it occurs to me I may not have that in front of me either. I don't. Life is good. Uh, Traven, do we have Miss Bonnie? While we're figuring that out, because I see that. Hmm. I don't know what that is. Uh, we have somebody on the call, but I don't know who that is. All right. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of wanting to do on the show is, oh, is that Miss Bonnie? Or is it that, I guess that's Jane Jones, because that is definitely not Bonnie. Jane, is that you? And she cannot hear us. So you know what, Traven, let's go ahead and uh, take her off for now. Uh, I, there we go. Uh, we'll figure this out. It's live. Uh, I would feel bad about that, except that I watched a program this weekend. That's a, you know, one of the longest running shows on television and they were doing it from the moderator's uh, basement. And it was filled with moments like that. And I thought, oh, I don't need to feel bad anymore about the things that we do because it's everybody. Uh, okay. So what I was saying is that one of the things that I want to start to do is have either an activity or a craft every day that we share with you guys. Just something that we suggest and maybe put up a link to and say, hey, go and try this. So uh, one of the things, I mean, there's so many things that you can do today, but one of the things that's my favorite is karaoke. And um, YouTube is filled with free karaoke. So I want to encourage you uh, today to find a song that everybody in the family can sing, whether it's something from a Disney movie, uh, like, you know, could be something on ice, you know, 
Frozen, uh, or something where you think your kids at least like the song. They don't necessarily have to know it, right? Um, and, uh, you know, on YouTube, they'll give you, if you Google that song, whatever it is, and say karaoke, it'll bring you a video that has, just like in karaoke, it has the, the words right there. Now, some of your kiddos are not textual, right? They're not reading yet. That's okay because they hear uh, and, and, and they're learning at least the tune, if not the song. I think they'll surprise you. And for your people in the family who do understand text, I'll tell you, it's a great way to teach people how to read because it's exciting and it's fun. And even if you just do one song after dinner, uh, I know I can hear my grandmother saying, there's no singing at the table, right? Well, you know, we have new rules here, grandma. So <laughs> I want you to like, just try it. Get out somebody's smartphone, find a song that you all like, it could just be let it go, right? And, and be the loudest singer so that your kids know that it's okay. It's okay to sing off key but that you're all singing together. I'll tell you, one of the things that they're saying is that it's super important that we're all using our lung capacity, that this puts us in the best uh, position to stay healthy. Um, so singing, one of the best things you can do for lung capacity, right? So I encourage you to uh, definitely pick a song on YouTube and sing this with your kiddos. It's Karaoke Monday. What can I tell you? So give that a try. Uh, so Traven, uh, am I, I have no idea. Traven, text me if you want me to call Bonnie or uh, if we're just going to go ahead and interview Jane now and, and catch up with Bonnie later. I don't have my little IFB thing that we normally have where Traven can talk directly into my ear. Um, okay. I also, you know, one of the questions that I have for you guys this week uh, is, oh, uh, do we want to go ahead and go with Jane then? Why don't we? Why don't, why don't we go ahead? Um, ah, uh, Traven's talking to me. There's things going on. Bonnie's got busy. <laughs> she's got, she's got things going on, but that's okay. We have Jane. We can just go to Jane. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, uh Jane, are you there? Jane, do you want to, shall we be interviewing Jane right now? Or you just want me to blab on and on and on? So um, I'll tell you the other thing too is because everybody has some sort of a smartphone, um, I have to tell you that we, my family, we made this video, the let's wash our hands again. And we did it the very first day that we were in self-quarantine, which was over two weeks ago. And um there's Bonnie. I guess we're going to go with Bonnie. Hi, good morning. Ms. Bonnie, I, you are a busy lawyer and I'm sorry for pulling you off of other things, but thank no, you. That's not, that's not a problem at all. I just got my signals a little crossed. Um, I'm sorry, we're having construction store and I don't know if I'm, I've sort of walled myself off as much as I can. If it becomes really annoying, just let me know. Okay. Well, I, I'm impressed that you're able to have construction done in this uh, in, in this day and age. Uh, but you, you must know people in high places, Bonnie. Spend a lot of time speculating about all that, but we got a bunch of other stuff to do. So yes. Okay. So, uh, Bonnie, tell us a little bit about the law firm that the, the Tolner law firm. I will do that. Um, I'm from Tolner law offices. We're based in San Jose. We have offices in Irvine and, uh, Los Angeles. Um, you can easily Google us and find our website. There's a lot of uh, information there that's useful. Um, we are uh, doing Autism Live on a weekly basis. We're trying to answer questions of general importance to all of us. If you have a specific legal problem and you're in Southern or Northern California, you can go to our website, fill in an intake uh, request and we'll uh, be able to intake you. If you're in one of the other 49 states, direct you to cocaa.net. That's a good place to get um, referrals for attorneys that work in the If you did, I already say if you have a problem. I'm like, <laughs> you know, uh, my brain went out my ears mode here. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, you already said that, but uh, we didn't give the disclaimer about the advice that you're giving is for the state of California and... She she should be doing my job because she knows it better than I do. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's do this. Everybody knows this is a this is a um, a presentation of general applicability, and if you need specific legal advice, either help you with that or direct you to other resources. I really want to get on to the material today because we had three questions. Yes, we most certainly did, and we have a guest after you. But, so we don't have a, a ton of time, but know, in fact, we have very little time. The time on this. Well, here's the problem. I don't want to answer the questions first because I want to give the information first. That's the answer to the question. Does that make okay. Sense? Yes, okay. it does. So why don't we get right to that? People are asking. They're sending in questions about their specific situations, all of which are are really understandably unsatisfactory and um so here's what's happened the federal government has not said that we are no longer um bound by the idea and that it's, it's timelines for things like ieps or assessments or due process hearings whatever it is don't apply but at the same time the state of california recognizing the crisis has said essentially to the district you know do your best, do the best you can. Um, you're not going to be judged under the same standard in terms of compliance with timelines would have been had you um, actually not been uh, in a period of time where due to COVID-19, the state of California has relaxed some its requirements. So what I'm doing is I'm really pushing back and I'm challenging assumptions because there's gonna be a huge backlog by the end of May of IEPs and assessments that need to be done. I have no confidence that the districts are gonna ask for permission to do these things during the summer. And so we confront the scenario potentially of a child starting the fall 2020, 2021 school year without an IEP that's updated and current. So to that end, I collected what I thought was some of the most useful guidance in terms of understanding this that's the first step understanding is the first step and then figuring out how to live through this is the second step so one thing i've sent to shannon is i think a very nice template of a schedule that a tlo client developed for her child showing you how she breaks up the day and it also contains resources so shannon can disseminate that later but i looked at this and i thought oh my god this would help me so much if i were a parent to see that i could really um organize a week and, and take all the mystery out of it since I think we're all having trouble uh, to some extent motivating ourselves using the normal motive. So that's one thing that's coming down the pike. Um, in terms of other stuff, so special ed, special ed Connection is an online legal research database that is designed for, for school districts and school attorneys. So it's very interesting to look at their guidance in terms of what they think should be happening during this time period. So I'm just going to start and when we run out of time, you'll stop me. Okay, Shannon. Okay. Maybe there's a way that we can get this to everybody sooner rather than later because it's really time sensitive and I'm sorry I didn't send you more stuff over the weekend. Okay, questions the IEP team should ask. Um, serving a student after COVID-19 related school closure. After an extended school closure, a district's obligations kick into high gear once students with disabilities return to school. So that's what I'm concerned about uh, is the backlog. Decisions about whether a student requires compensatory education, ESY, or new services when school reopens must be made on an individualized basis. Below are some questions IEP team members can ask themselves to help during the decision-making process. One. How long was the student's school closed? Two, was the student provided instruction or services via an alternative method, which we know they only, the districts only have to provide stuff for special ed if they provide it for their general ed students. Were alternative methods of instruction and services provided to the student as beneficial for the student as the methods normally serve the student? Was the student engaged and able to access the instruction and services? So this is all related to the question of what kind of uh, compensatory education the student might be entitled to. And this is really for you parents 
to document what you do get via an email or something to the district. Question four is, is there clear documentation the amount of instruction and services the student was provided during the closure, including dates, times, and duration? If so, what amount of instruction and services did the student receive? What percentage of the student's IEP required instruction and services did the student receive? So, so document contemporaneously whatever your, your student is getting, by which I mean you can send them an email saying that, you know, okay, it's Friday. I just wanted to review with you the services that we had Monday through Friday and ask them to please write you back immediately if anything in your email is incorrect. That way you have a record. Five. Are there indications that the student regressed during the closure? Has a student lost any specific skills? That's pretty straightforward. Is there a possibility that student will require extended school year services due to regression? So extended school year this year is going to be looked at differently because of school closure. And it might be a good time to get your child made eligible for the first time for extended school year services because maybe he didn't need them when school was only out for, you know, four weeks in the summer or something or six weeks in the summer, but this is an entirely different situation. Um, is there, uh, did the closure and or virus cause any new special education needs for the student, e.g. emotional, medical, academic, such that the student should be provided additional services or reevaluated? I keep going? Yeah, we've got like two more minutes. Can I just say though, Bonnie, that what it sounds like to me is at this point is that what we need to be focused on as parents is keeping a journal and documenting everything that happens with our kiddo, like what, what they learned, what difficulties they had, keeping all emails that we had with the school, verifying, writing back to the school and saying, just checking that this is what his instruction is for this week, please verify or get back to me if there's a mistake. That because what we're trying to do is get through this period of time and then perhaps in the summer when, when, when if there's a possibility of schools reopening that we'll be looking for them to supply something else, tutoring or extended school year or something different at that point. Is that what I'm getting from this? That's definitely what you're getting from this. Okay. So, um, I mean, the high concept is the rules aren't all gone. The districts are supposed to do the best they can. Whenever possible, I'm quoting the federal guidance to the school district. So like this morning, I wrote a letter. I said to LAUSD, you're telling me you can't set up this meeting, but I have other departments in LAUSD setting up IEP meetings with me. Also, the whole reason we continued our mediation was so that you could get assessments. And now you know you're not going to be able to do that during the school year. So I suggest that what you do is you rely on the outside assessment that the parent got which I have in this case, and which which um, the state and the federal government have said, my, the fe actually I think it's CDE that said, the district should consider whether it can use an existing evaluation as the basis for the criteria it needs to develop the IEP. So I thought okay. that's interesting. Uh, but if things aren't working at home right now, we shouldn't panic. We shouldn't expect that that's going to change right now. We should just document, 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 and be ready for a period of mitigation, perhaps in the summer, where we will get our kids caught up for this period of time. Yeah, and I mean, to the extent that it's possible, and I don't think it's easy, get your kids on a schedule. The other yeah. thing is each individual district is, is putting up guidance on its website in terms of how it's handling stuff. So I had like a sample letter from Chino Valley Unified uh that says you know if the district temporarily closes schools and it um provides special education service access to general education students the district must ensure comparable education services access are provided to students with disabilities so um there you've clearly got the district saying it's not going to opt to provide nothing it's going to provide stuff to the general ed students. So if they're doing the distance learning, they have to make that available to your student. Um, there's a lot more. Unfortunately, though, now I've eaten up all your time. Now we're now we're out of time. The issue, the issue is just how to get this to people this week, if there's a way we could. If you send us the documents, we will post them in the notes on this Facebook show. So they will be on our Facebook in the comments, the links. Um, on on this show, some of it. I don't know that it'll make as much sense if we don't discuss it, but I'll send it and then we. Can... 
Okay. All right. All right. Bonnie, you're the best. Uh, I hope you guys stay safe and well, and we'll talk with you soon. Sounds good, Shannon. Everybody okay. take it one day at a time, one breath one at a day. time. Thank yep. You. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a good week. Uh, okay, so we are going to shift uh, a little bit here after we say goodbye to Bonnie. And Bonnie, you will have to turn off your camera. Other, we don't have a way of booting you off. Okay. <laughs> uh, it makes it interesting. Uh, but let me tell you about our next guest while we're doing that. And um, our next guest is Jane Jones. And while Traven is setting Jane up and getting her in the room and and she's getting unmuted. I wanted to take just a second. Some of you guys have been writing in about uh, the good things. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love that uh, the Karen wrote and said, wait, I actually know what that means only because they've shoved it down our throats over the years. I assume that that's referring to the jargon. Uh, okay. And some, uh, Fariel on, uh, Facebook has said sign language or PECs. You mean just in general? Um, I will tell you that the autism community, while we love sign language for individual signs, recommends that you use either uh, an iconic communication system like PECs or a picture exchange like PECs um, or something that is like that because unfortunately not everybody knows sign language. So if we take the time to teach that language to a child and nobody can understand them, that makes it super duper tough. You guys have written in and said, um, <laughs> Nava said, stop, don't shave my head. Okay. Uh, hi Nava. So thrilled to have you here. Uh, okay. The things that you guys, uh, like about uh, being self-quarantined, somebody said definitely spending time with the family more. And one good thing about the quarantine is that everyone in our household is together and we are having more family bonding time. Yeah. That's something that we can love. And we have author Jane Jones, who is now here with us. Hi. And she's hi. the, uh, hi, she's the author of the book series, Drop the Puck. And Jane, I have to say one of our top things that we're encouraging families to do is to read and oh, read fantastic. their kids. So oh, uh, it's very timely that you are here. Let's start by, tell us a little bit about you and how these books came to be. Well, it's a very fun, um, very fun series. It came out about three years ago, but how it all got started was I wrote the 2013 USA Fiction Book of the Year called Capital Hell. And someone asked me, they're like, what's on your bucket list to do? And I'm like, well, I'd always love to write a children's book. Well, at that time, I thought it was going to be about hockey. I thought it was going to be a picture book for a three-year-old. And now fast forward three years later, it's a, a, the sixth book is going to come out in September. It's a chapter book for grade schoolers that grows with a child. So the first book is kind of the first to second grader. And then the fifth book is um, really now aimed for a uh, probably a fifth or sixth grader, and it's all about inclusion. So we have, um, I have to add up my head quickly. We have two characters that have Down syndrome. We have a couple characters that have autism and other learning differences. We have an adorable little girl that's based on a true life story that has cerebral palsy that's a character. And it, it's about siblings too. And how it all got started that way is my daughter, um, what we were at a hockey game, believe it or not, my husband was coaching and my daughter said to me, not everybody has your background. And I didn't quite understand what she was saying. She's like, not everybody grew up the way you grew up. Not everybody knows what it's like to be around people with disabilities. Not everybody's had that. So my mom actually managed group homes. Um, she managed over 45 group homes in Northern Minnesota. So that was a part of who I was as a kid. So, you know, it, um, it's just incorporated in my life and we want to make it as authentic and real as possible. And siblings don't always get along and you don't always win that game when you put the puck in the net. And so it's... Um, the characters uh, with Down syndrome stutter a little bit in the book, which I think is different in literacy. Usually you see um, characters on stage or in screen that have Down syndrome, but in our book that they're actually in the, in, the, in the text, along with those characters that have autism and other learning differences that are based on real life, uh, real life people that we know. Wonderful. And, um, and so it's a series of books. How many books are currently in the series? Because I imagine right. you continue to write, right? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Right now we have five. Book six, I just, I literally just finished the manuscript last week. 
And so book six is after the editor. So that should come out again in September or October. And then, then what's going to happen? Who knows? <laughs> there we go. And do you have one of the books that you can hold up there? Um, I don't. I don't know. Oh, no. Traven, have we got a picture that we can show of the books? Because we want people to they're know. Ador- what they're adorable. Every book's a different yeah. color. They all have the oh. exact same theme to it. It's a rough I was going to say, they're, they're really good chapter books. They're well bound. I, I like, and people say to me, why is that important? It is because when a child holds a book and there's a certain weight to it and there's a, sen- a certain sensory feeling, like they get it. They absolutely get it. So well, you these know are well, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I can show you. My husband just pulled it. I, this is going to be tricky. So if you can zoom in, where I can uh, zoom in. There they and are. I think, I think Traven has has a picture too that he can show eventually too. Okay. So, but, but everybody can. Actually, important what you said about the cover. Our covers have a different feel to them. Yes. Uh, from the very get go, I noticed that our covers come kind of a, a soft, it's a hardcover book that's got a, a soft matte feel to it, and we get compliments on that all the time. Yes, and I'm giving you one right now um, because we we have somebody on our team. Uh, like I'm a little bit um, sensory, uh, but we have somebody on our team who's very sensory. Yeah. And everything goes through her litmus test for everything. And she's like, these books feel good. And I was like, they do. And I do think that that makes a difference when we're trying to make reading reinforcing for our kiddos, everything's on the table. So the way the book feels, but it's also, they're well-published with really wonderful occasional illustrations. And you you mentioned they're a chapter book for what, what age range? Well, that's the trickiest question I've ever get. So it's basically second through sixth graders. And again, we grow with the child or we go with the, grow with the siblings as I like to speak, I like to speak because in the book, it's a, it's a pair of siblings are the main two characters. One has Down syndrome. One is the cocky hockey player that we all seem to love and adore. And so There's it is. The the, no, there it is. There it all is. It. Yes. So, um, yeah. So second through sixth, and there's a glossary in back of all the books or the certain word the kiddo gets stuck on. They should be able to read the definition and keep on trucking right on through themselves. And we definitely explain autism in the book and the glossary. We explain Down syndrome. We explain inclusion and all the wonderful, great stuff that we all love. Look at you in your cute red dress. That's a fabulous oh, necklace you. too. Look <laughs> at that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Super thank fabulous. You. Um, okay, so where can people get the books? Well, the best way to get the books right now is through our website. It's called official. The website is www.officialadventures.org. And then I'll actually sign the books. And there's a hot deal right now for all five books. And then um, I'll sign them. You can have it personalized. I know there's a lot of people right now, especially staying home that um, what kid, every kid loves getting mail. Yeah. (laughs) And now they're definitely homebound for a little bit. Getting mail is probably even a bigger and better deal. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know what? Send us a message. Let me know if there's a certain child you want to send to or a sibling pair again or the family. And yeah, absolutely. So, www.officialadventures.org. And of course, they're on Amazon, you know, Target, Walmarts of the world, but those books aren't signed. And here's one of the things I want people to realize that, you know, Look, we all always thought it was a good idea to read to our kids. That was always a thing, right? And now it's more important than ever because we're trying to prevent our kids from regressing. We're trying to connect with them. And the truth of the matter is, is that right now you have a moment in time unlike any other in our lives, right? And we don't want to be repeating this sometime down the road, but right now, I mean, I know I'm working overtime right now, but I still have time to read with my kid because you've got to find time to connect with your kid every day. And reading is one of the best things you can do. Make yourself like a pillow fort or a blanket fort or whatever, a special place that you guys read every day. Uh, And these, this is a great series to read because it's so important that you give your child the gift of seeing people like them and the things that they watch and the things that they read. That is how you build their self-esteem. So these books will be awesome to do that. You can read to them or you can read with them or they can read to you. Whatever stage you're at, it's all beneficial to your kiddo. We know studies have shown that it builds synapses in their brains and makes connections. And there's something about that making it cozy and comfortable. You can turn your child in the next couple of weeks where we're all forced to be home, you can turn your child into a lifelong reader, Mm -hmm. which when we can read, the world is our oyster. Absolutely. Um, So I I love that. uh, What are some of the things that um, people tell you when they read these books with their kiddos, Jane? 
Oh, well, you know, we, I, so here I have three different audiences. So I have the child, right? I have mm -hmm. the mom and then I have the grandma. So really, <laughs> so it really depends on the, on the audience, the kids, the grandmas are by my favorite. They're like, you know, what? if a child has struggled reading, especially a little yes. boy, but boys don't tend to like to read, but if here's a book that looks cool is about something that they love that they can relate to, they can't put them down. And that's the biggest compliment I could possibly have. Yeah. They, and, and then we get, um, so all the illustrations, especially in books three and uh, three and beyond are based off of kids that have sent me in pictures of themselves. Oh, and I the love siblings, that. And the sibling pairs, right? So I keep talking about the sibling pairs because sibling pairs matter, especially when you have a child that has special needs. So yeah. you have that, maybe not, it's not always equal in life, right? The intention is not always equal. Well, here's a, a sibling pair that really sticks up for his brother both ways. And I think yeah. that that makes it really authentic and real and true to life. And I think that's why kids really do um, grasp onto it because it does feel real instead of instead of an animation character or something that they can't relate to. They read in the very beginning of the book of, you know what, th these are based on real life inspiring kids. And absolutely. I just had this idea, you know, so many grandparents have written in and said, you know, I, it's so hard to connect with my grandson or granddaughter who's on the mm -hmm. spectrum because we're trying to connect in this way. What a great idea. Mm -hmm. Order a set of these books for yourself and a set for them. Ah, and I then do story time. <laughs> then do story time where you're yeah. reading and they have the book there. Well, and you can, they can even do it. Book. They can set up a Zoom and do it together right now and do it. Exactly. But if you have a set and you've sent a set to them, you'll make that connection and you can read to them every day. And that'll give mom and dad a break too. That would be something that would be really, really uh, a great connecting thing and a great thing for the family. So that's it. I'm saying to grandparents, order two <laughs> sets, one for right. you and one for them. What a like perfect it. thing. And then we're order almost, for your library. <laughs> there we go. And so uh, we're almost out of time here, Jane, but uh, tell us again, what is the website that we go sure. to and spell it out for our folks that listen on, you know, iHeartRadio and iTunes. Oh, great, great, great. So it's officialadventures.org. So it's like, like referee official. So it's O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-S.org. And we have a great website that has all our interviews. We have so many different NHL players that support special hockey that have endorsed the books and have supported the books. So you go check out our website too, because you'll see it. You'll, you'll fall in love with these books faster than you possibly can. And you'll also really understand that special hockey is such an impact on those individuals that are on the spectrum and that have yeah. other learning differences. And it's that it, we bring that and tell, talk about that in the books in such a nice way that that second grader can understand. Wonderful. Well, Jane, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for writing such great books that um, give voice to those characters um, and, and make it so that our learners can see themselves in your books. It's really appreciated. Officialadventures.org, you said, right? Bingo. We got a bingo. Okay. All right, officialadventures.org, uh, and it's adventures plural, you guys. So go check it out. Jane, thank you so much for Oh my for gosh, thank you. Hopefully us. you can um, connect again when the um, sixth book comes out, because it's going to be, a, it's, Yay. My, it's literally, I keep saying, my, the fifth is my favorite. This one, literally, <laughs> this one, oh, I, I can't even tell you, but it's, it brings in a child that has cerebral palsy that I oh. met about three months ago after she's read the book. So it is like, Oh, how wonderful. Very fun. How wonderful. Thank you so much for the work oh, that you're you. doing. Oh, All right. Pleasure. You take care. You take Thanks. care. Thanks, All right, everybody. you guys, we're, we're here at the end of the show. And uh, Jane, you can go ahead and stop your camera whenever you're ready. And um, I just want to give a, uh, we've got one minute left. And I want to just let you know some of the things that are happening on the show this week. Uh, on Wednesday, we have Dr. I don't remember who we have tomorrow, but I know it's great, you guys. I know it's great. So, but on Wednesday, we have Dr. Doreen Grandpichet, who's going to be with us answering your questions live. And then on Thursday, stop, Dr. Temple Grandin here with us live. Uh, and she's going to be answering your questions. And I'm, you know, if all goes well, technology wise, we will have picture and sound. You'll be able to see her and hear her. And she's so excited to talk to you guys. Um, I thought I was going to be bothering her when I called her and she was like, Shannon, no, I'd like, you know, let, let's do this. Right. So very exciting. And she was talking to me about uh, proteins and the art that's inside our bodies. Like we're going to have a great time on Thursday, World Autism Awareness Day. And we're going to like 
lift our awareness and lift the world's awareness, right? All of us together. All right. That's it for today, but I can't thank you guys enough for being here. Please write in. I will go through the comments after the show. Let us know what you need at home. I really want to be helping those of you who are at home and are a little bit like, like if you tell us what you like and I'll bring it. Okay. I'll bring it in any way that I can. All right, you guys, I'll see you tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.